Shalom, and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations Weekly Torah Commentary Series. I'm Ben Volman, Vice President of the UMJC. This week, we're discussing Parashat Baha Alotcha. Our text begins in Numbers chapter 8, verse 1. Finally, after so many months remaining in the shadow of Sinai, Moshe will at last be leading God's people toward the Promised Land. But just as Israel's story is about to unfold in new ways, this parasha provides some reflective insights for us to consider. Parashat Beharotcha begins with the opening instructions for Aaron concerning the menorah, that unique lampstand to light the first interior room of the tabernacle. What did it look like? Perhaps the most memorable image of the lampstand was carved from stone, on the victory arch of Titus in Rome. Even today, after 2,000 years, it clearly depicts the Romans celebrating their plunder from the burnt remains of Herod's temple, the menorah at the center. Both the opening of our Torah passage, beginning in Bamidbar, Numbers chapter 8, and the Haftarah reading in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 14 to 4, verse 7, highlight something extremely important. The intentional identification of Israel's spiritual leadership with the menorah. Aaron has just watched while the princes of the nation presented bountiful gifts for the service and worship of Hashem. Aaron could never have matched their largesse. But as if in consolation, Rashi tells us, the Holy One, blessed be he, said to him, your part is of greater importance than theirs, for you will kindle and set in order the lamps. Aaron's specific task here is to focus the light of the lamps forward, which he does exactly as required. And we're reminded in Numbers 8, verse 4, that the menorah was hammered out of gold precisely according to the pattern given to Moshe Hashem. The moment is one of complete harmony, in the relationship between God, Israel, and the high priest. The Midrashim on this passage include Israel's questioning why the light of the world would need a lampstand in the place of his holy presence. The reply comes, not that I require your light, but that you may perpetuate the light that I conferred on you as an example to the nations of the world. The answer perfectly reflects Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. Nations will go toward your light, and kings toward your shining splendor. Aaron's legacy as the first high priest will be to remind those who follow him that in spite of all the ways that they may fall short, their calling is still to be the living embodiment of inspiration, hope, and vision, both to Israel and eventually a light to the nations. Isaiah 49 verse 6. The Haftarah portion, describing the dream visions of Zechariah, also sheds light on the difficult but high calling of Israel's spiritual leaders. The young prophet is determined to inspire his community, the returned exiles from Babylon, who are resisting the call of their leaders, Yehoshua the high priest and the Jewish governor, Zerubbabel, to rebuild the temple. The people are discouraged by years of poor harvests and a depressed economy, but the Great task can only be done together. 
Zechariah's visions in chapter 3 affirm God's choice of Yehoshua, Israel's worthy high priest. And in the final vision of the Haftarah, in chapter 4, there is a word from the Lord for the governor, Zerubbabel. The prophet sees the great sign of a golden menorah surrounded by two olive trees. The menorah is a symbol of promise that the lights of the temple will be rekindled. And these men, inspiring and challenging the people of God, have been given the task by God's anointing, not by force and not by power, but by my spirit, says Adonai Tzebaot, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. That remarkable visionary phrase, sums up the challenge of true godly leadership. We find our way forward, not by our force of will, but guided in the light of the will of God. Yeshua, our ultimate and true Kohen Gadol, also brings us back to the significance of God's leading us in the light. As Yohanan John wrote in the opening words of his Besorah, in him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not suppressed it. John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. This is the light of his Spirit that equips each one of us who follows him if we are walking in the light. As he is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of his Son Yeshua purifies us from all sin. In each of these settings, from Aaron to the post-exilic struggles to rebuild the temple, to Yeshua himself, we see how leadership among God's people is both perilous and inspiring. Criticizing leaders and tearing at the foundations of community isn't hard, but we are called to build each other up, as Peter calls us, living stones to be kohanim, set apart for God, 2 five. When we go through challenging times, it can be hard not to lose heart. Part of that task is building up our servant-hearted leaders. I often reflect that no one truly knows the price that someone has paid to carry out a faithful ministry except the one who has been called. The humble but symbolic service of Aaron to the Menorah and the calling to bring light and be a light to our family, our community, and our greater family in the faith brings us back to our true higher purpose no matter what the circumstances. I was commenting to a friend the other day how my mentor, Reverend Dr. Jakob Yach, could not possibly have imagined how the next generation would take up the vision of our Hebrew Christian forebears. He was a committed Anglican who loved the church, but he encouraged and inspired me, and I know that he would not ever tell us to turn back from our Messianic Jewish vision. We must follow where the light, the Spirit, and Yeshua are directing us and uphold the good leaders who are paying the price for leading the way. Patiently, no matter the circumstances, as we wait on God, we will see the light break through. And even the darkness will have served its purpose. I think of that moment when the new state of Israel sought a symbol for their emblematic seal. They chose the menorah, distinctively surrounded by two olive branches. Now a familiar image on coins, stamps, and Israeli passports. And where did they find an authentic model 
for such an auspicious symbol, it was taken from the image embedded on the arch of Titus, waiting for the promise of Israel to be reborn. This is Ben Volman signing off and wishing you Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org slash commentaries.